we're going to say what he once said today. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for giving us strength and health. Thank you for allowing us to be in your house. We know you are here. We've already felt you this morning, Lord God, and I know that when we live and have our being in you, you are with us always. Lord, when we gather together in your name, there's just a special, special blessing, and we thank you for that. I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. For this precious body of believers, I ask you to lead us and guide us that we would hear and receive, God, that I would hear and receive even as I'm speaking, Lord, that your word would make its mark in us, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Proverbs 3, reading from the King James, um, going old school on you. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Amen. We've all could probably quote that one. Um, and my focus really is on five and six, but that's just a good little, um, it all really is, is worth hearing, amen, as well as everything else in the word, but sometimes we pick out our favorites and skip other parts that are in there, and that just all um, is worth repeating. I want to talk to you about Learning to lean. Um, the Lord just began to give me little bits through the weekend. Um, and I was like, learning to lean, yes. And he brought the song that, learning to lean, learning to lean. Um, but he's like, yeah, but not, yes, but this. And I was like, okay. And um, in the early hours of the morning, he just began to kind of lay it out for me. And I'm thankful um, because I think this is going to help us grow. I think it's something that we, I know it's not something that I think about all the time. Um, and so we're going to talk about some lean knots and some lean twos. We often know the things we're not supposed to lean into. Like we have our list. Well, you don't lean into that. And well, you sure don't lean into that. And sometimes there are things that we lean into that we don't realize are harmful. Um, I'm just going to throw this in here because the Lord just brought it back to my Guard your home. Um, it's a constant battle to guard your home. Um, guard your conversations, guard what you allow to enter with you, 
It could be from your day at work. It could be time that you've spent with someone. You know, we were talking about this the other day. When I was growing up, if I went to someone's house and came back with a special little attitude, didn't fly. <laughs> I'd get the, if you, I know some of you know my eyebrow. Um, I got it from her. So if I got the eyebrow, I knew, huh. So how it went in my home is I got this. If you're going to come back from there and bring that with you, then you won't be going there anymore because that's not going to fly in this house. Um, and I'll, I've used that with bringing up my children. Um, I have prayed people out of their lives. Just being honest, and I don't, this is like not even in my notes, but moms, don't hesitate to pray. If there's an influence in your child's life that has even a negative effect, begin to pray. You're not praying against the person. You're praying against the spirit behind them. And if they are not aware of it or cannot receive instruction about it, then pray them out of your child's life. If there's an influence in your spouse's life that's causing them to go astray. And Owen will tell you this, but he, there was a little relationship that was good for a while. The influence was going this way. And then I saw that relationship start to wear on him and turn. And I said, all right, Jesus. I know it's going to be painful, but this person needs to go. And I am binding anything that's coming from the enemy. He's now using this to flip it the other way, and the influence, the influence isn't going the right way. So it's time for her to go. And I know some of you are like, aren't you getting involved in your child's relationship? You bet I am. I didn't raise my children in the truth of the Lord to have someone come in and take them out. And I want her soul saved. But he's in my house. And he came from me. The Lord blessed us with him. And so that's my first priority. And you guys, it wasn't 10 minutes and that child is coming back in the house. Well, and I felt my heart broke. But I was already prepared for that. I was like, Lord, I have to be strong because I know what you're doing. And I was able to, he's like, do you want to talk? No, not right now, because I know what you're going to say. And I was like, okay, that's all right. But when, you, when you're ready to talk, then, because he knows his mama. And he knows I'm not going to stand by and just, we have got to be ready to go to battle for our kids and our loved ones. So if we have to stand in the gap and we have to be there when it's all falling apart and hold them and pray over them and don't say, I told you so, then that's what we need to do. Okay, like Pastor says, that was for free. I don't know. He does. But I want to talk about, you know, there are times where we're very comfortable leaning into the Lord. We know he's, he's our shield. He's our strength. He's our joy. So when we are weeping, 
sometimes we'll lean in and say, Lord, this hurts, this is terrible, and we lean in. But then when he brings the joy, because Scripture says weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning, we can experience the joy and forget to lean into the joy too. And when I'm talking about leaning in, I'm talking about leaning into him. He has been so, I've talked to a bunch of you, and people have just come to me and said, he's so close. I've experienced that closeness. It's, it's different. Like, we know he's always, he's, he's always with us. He does not lose sight of us. He is always with us. But this closeness is weighty. Not in a bad way, but it's, I don't know, like when you're walking through a crowd with a friend and you're like staying tight because you don't want to get bustled around and, and, and lose sight of them because there's so many people, there's so much going on. And just that security of that closeness, that's, that's how he is right now. And I know he is that way over this body. And I think that's what he's trying to speak, and I hope I can get it out of my mouth the way he wants it said. But he wants us to lean into him in all things, not to lean into our own understanding. And sometimes he'll take us out of the trouble, he'll take us out of the weeping, and then joy comes, and we are off to the races. And we forget to lean back in and say, even in, in the joy, Lord, what do you want? I don't want to lean into you to relieve pain. And then when you bring joy, run on without you. And then when the trials come again, okay, Lord, where, where, where? God's teaching us a lot about his kingdom um, and pastor has just delivered such a rich word, um, really taking us into, we're breaking through into something new. That's the only way I know it. Something new is being birthed in Spirit of Grace Church, and I'm really excited about it, but the Lord wants us to truly seek him in all of our ways, all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, the stuff we'd rather hide from him, the stuff we'd rather just have a good time with and, well, I know what I'm going to do with this joy. And he's like, um, but I gave it. He's got purpose in everything. Amen. And he'll use it all. So when we don't understand him, lean in. But if we take off with the joy, we'll get caught up in the blessing and forget the blesser. And that's just something we all need to caution ourselves against, is not get caught up in the blessing, the blessing, the relief, the relief, the relief, and forget who brings it, who, who is the author of it, who is the giver, who is the sustainer. In loss, we lean into him. It's our best battle plan in loss is to lean into him. Because I was sharing with someone this morning, the enemy will use everything. He's not picky. 
So we may have faith for this part of something, but the enemy we come, will come in the side door with frustration or depression. He'll switch tactics. Like if he can't, but he is my healer. So back off, bub. God is my healer. And he'll come in with frustration. But why do you have to deal with this? He'll come in with depression. Oh, my goodness, just another thing to go through. Don't let him have any place. He just keeps speaking to me. I got all of you. All of you is mine. And so when I prayed over people, all of this person is yours. You, you have all of it. So that means any tactic the enemy brings if we surrender it to you, then it can have no place in us. That takes leaning into him consistently. The enemy will use our joy. We can get into joy and blessing and get distracted and take off on a route that God never intended. Because the enemy can come and say, oh, well, you should do this. Or our flesh can't blame it all on the enemy. Our flesh can take off and say, well, yeah, I'm going to do this. Seek him in all your ways, in everything. This one's been a, a, a big deal for me, and I think I've shared some. I know I've, I've shared it with the ladies, and I think I sparked, I, like, set something off in the women's group because I started getting pictures of them cleaning out closets and stuff torn out all over the place and... Um, we'll lean into him. We should lean into him. If you're not leaning into him in the process of removal and cleaning out, you're going to get really frustrated. He, he does it for a purpose, and it's for our good. Um, but sometimes out of just, like, exhaustion, we'll be like, okay, God, all right, whatever. Let's clean it out. Let's go. Don't really want to do this, but, and it eventually gets better because we've done the right thing. We've surrendered. Um, it's better if we do it in the process, uh, like in the beginning of the process. Like, okay, let's do this, God. You're my strength and you're my source, and like only you can help me do this because I'm going to want to blow it all up. And he does. Um, but then after the removal and the clean out, see, God just doesn't leave stuff undone. Then there's the, the maintenance. And I know in my life, I, my home had gotten completely out of control. And it was a noose around my neck. Like, I literally felt like I was being choked by it. So I would come home and be completely frustrated. It was not a place of peace for me. It was a place of, yep, you're failing, you're failing, you're failing, you're failing. And what that will do to us is cause us to avoid what God intended for blessing. We'll start avoiding because we've kind of let it. I had let it get out of control. I had let my priorities get out of whack. And so the Lord was like, that is not, that can't continue. So we need to deal with that. Now, that's a very real life thing. It wasn't like, Trisha, your soul is full of, but it was affecting me spiritually. 
like you are so carnal. It wasn't that kind of a thing. But the situation, the everyday life thing was making me carnal, was robbing me of my peace. It was within my hand to fix, but it had become so big, it was ex- like I just didn't even know. I was sharing with the ladies. My mom would say, how can I help? And I was like, I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know. Okay, well, I'll, when you need me, you know. Or I'd go and it would be completely chaotic and I'd start cleaning one thing and I'd say, okay, we're going to do this. And then I'd go tear something else out and just make more of a mess. And I did want to blow it up. I wanted to have a big bonfire in the middle of the snow. I was like, I can just throw it out in the yard and we can have a bonfire and invite the neighbors. Do you want to throw anything on? (laughs) But the, the purpose of it was for me to clean it out so that I don't let it get like that again. Amen. A little sideshow for you right there. The building and the maintenance of it. Okay, how do we keep that from happening again? That's the part we miss. He helps us clean it out. He gets in there and he digs it out. And then we're like, oh, that feels so much better. And then he's like, okay, let's talk about how we don't let that happen again. And we're like, ah, no, it feels, I feel good right now. And um, this feels really good, so I'm just going to enjoy this part of it, and I'll catch you later. You've done it. We've all done it. And see, the maintenance of it is where he just really starts to help us build some spiritual muscle. Everyday stuff is spiritual, you guys. I'm not one of those, well, that is just, you know, everyday stuff leads to how we are functioning spiritually, too. If I'm frustrated and I don't want to be in my home and it's rob- what I let happen is robbing my peace, how can I hear him in my home? How can I hear him when I need a word for my kids? but I'm not even letting him give me a word about what's right in front of my face. And he loves us so much. Like, I'm frustrated. I don't know why I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated. Okay, let's sit down and talk about it. And he did. He was like, it was a drive on the way home because he he likes to sneak up on me when I'm quiet. Three o'clock in the morning is a really fun time for him. This, let's talk about this. That's when he knows my brain is quiet, and I can hear him, and I'm thankful for that. I know I'm being a little silly about this stuff. I'm thankful that he sneaks up on me sometimes because he knows that that's his best chance of, but I'm helping this person, and I'm helping this person, and this is going on, and he's like, nope, you, right now, right now, right now, because he loves me, and he loves you. So let him talk to you. He's talking to me about the maintenance, talking to me about stuff. Do you really need that? Remember that pretty closet you were standing in that you still go back to when you're working on another project? And you're like, ah, feels so good. Do you really want that? So what are you going to take out of there so you can put that in? Not fun, but necessary. And it's all out of love. Amen.
talk about deliverance and restoration. The Lord's really on this one, big time. About being delivered from, I literally have an alarm set in my phone, you guys, so when it goes off, don't worry, I'll turn it off. Um, Being delivered from stuff. We're like, thank you, God. Deliverance is awesome. It's needed, and we all need it. It's not just, you know, those lists, oh, delivered from, boop, 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 isn't that great? How about delivered from a lack of peace in my home? And it wasn't about my family. It was about my part. Ladies, we, we, we create a lot of the atmosphere in the home. Okay? It, that's, that's in our wheelhouse to even when other stuff's coming in girls we have in him the ability to take control and say okay lord something just came in with one of my children from school and i we're just going to pray and we're going to turn worship music i turn worship music on on sunday morning because sunday morning you guys is when the enemy will come at me the strongest try to frustrate me, try to distract me, try to get my head like, whoo, like this morning I felt like there were just whirly birds over this lesson going over my head, like it was just all, and I was like, Lord, I know you, and you know me, and I know you've got me, and I know you know how to speak to me specifically, and I know it's a really crazy process. Everybody else would probably say whatever, but you know me, you know my frame, and you know how you use me. So I know you are going to bring it all, you're going to land the plane. You're going to do it. So I turn my worship music on and just begin to worship. That's my, that's my weapon. So when he delivers us from, let's make sure we go back and lean in and say, and what would you like to deliver me to? If he does all things well and if he completes the work that he begins in us, then he's not just going to remove things and not deliver us into something. If he has a plan for every one of us, I'm not just talking to people who are attending chain breakers. I'm talking to all of us. If he delivered me from chaos and has brought me peace, and is showing me how to maintain and how to have balance, then he's going to live, deliver. He always has purpose, you guys. He doesn't just wake up one morning and say, yeah, well, let's see what I can mess with Trish with today. What do I need to tinker with? We are constantly in his sight, and he sees farther than we do. So he knows that what is frustrating me now and is aggravating for me now could become a very big stronghold for me in the future and get in the way when he would say, hey, go do that. Maybe I wouldn't have the freedom to do so because my home life would be so chaotic that I wouldn't be free to hear him and be able to move. He sees it all. So if he's speaking to you about something this morning and you just don't get it, Don't get caught up in not getting it. Just say, speak, Lord. Help me to hear you. 
and help me to hear you in the way that I need to hear you and not assume anything and not create something out of it in my flesh, but help me to hear the words you're speaking and help me to continue to lean not to my own understanding, but fully lean into your wisdom and understanding because yours takes me far. Amen. Just ask yourself today, have I allowed him to bring me restoration and deliver me into that new thing? Or am I still holding on to old stuff? God will say, I'm going to deliver you out of that. That stuff that messed you up, I'm going to deliver you out of it. But maybe there was something really great that happened in that period of time. Maybe there was something in that period of time that you felt really good about. But he sees that holding even on to, we can hold on to good things of our past, you guys, and it can still cause us to just be in limbo, even though it was a great thing. Pastors told you when we came here, the Lord took the way we ministered and flipped it on its head. And every time we would try to reach back, he would literally slap our hands. Nope. That was for then. This is now. And what I have for now, you're going to have to lean fully on me because you don't know you are off, you are off the map. You don't know what to do unless I give it to you. And so every step today, we are leaning in for every step. And so when he says change something, we know to change it. When he says no, because it's really, you guys, it's really easy to just reach back and say, hey, that worked. Let's do that. Maybe you, maybe you handled a relationship a certain way in the past, but God's now saying, you're going to do that differently. Because he has all the players in mind. He loves, you're not, I love this thing. I've been seeing it on Facebook, and the first time I saw it, it like slapped me in the face. You're never going to look into the eyes of someone that God doesn't love. And it was like, because I sometimes look into the eyes of people that I'm not loving at that moment. That I can't love within myself, but if I lean into God, he can give me his love for them. Which then starts working in those places and kind of works on my love for them. And I was like, wow, Lord, it really puts a spin on it, doesn't it? Like, that will guard your mouth. That will guard your actions. That will, you're looking into the eyes of somebody I love. Wow. When you're frustrated with your spouse, it's my child you're talking to. It just got heavy in this room. I just felt him go, 
in our weakness, he is made strong. And we'll lean into him in our weakness. But when we're feeling strong, we are strong. We've got to lean back in and say, Lord, you've given me the strength for the purpose, so I'm going to lean into you and let you lead and guide me. How do you want to use this? How can I benefit the kingdom? I know it's not a rip-roaring. I'll leave that to Pastor later. He'll get you all excited. Blessing and abundance. God brings blessing and abundance. And we lean into, God, this is so great and you're so good. And I'm thankful. And I praise you for it and I give you glory for it. Then when he starts to speak to us about investment of that blessing and management. Suddenly he's off the map. Well, why do we have to talk about that, Lord? Let's just stay in that blessing abundance mode. It's real good. It feels good. I like that vibe, Lord. That's awesome. And he says, okay, now let's talk about what I would like you to do with that. Let's talk about my thoughts about how you're going to manage that. Lean back in. Something that he's been speaking to me for a while is that even the good stuff, you guys, you know, we can just get wound tighter than tight. And God will say, okay, let's, and he does all the stuff. You know how he kind of weeds stuff out and goes, okay, feeling better? And we're like, yep, feeling better. And then good things will come along. And we'll grab ten good things to be doing. We forgot to lean in. You're like, well, why, why should we lean in to ask him about doing good things? Because he knows the good thing that he wants you to do. He knows what you'll be effective at. He sees what's coming. He knows when to add things back into your life that maybe he took out at one time. He knows when we're ready. He knows when he's ready to anoint us for it. But I've done that, you guys. I'm going to do this and this because that would be great, and that would be great, and that would be great, and over here and over there, and it's all from a great place in us because we just want to serve. We want to be effective. But if we go at that in our own self, we will create chaos for us and to those we're supposed to be blessing. It's truth. So ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? Should I, Pastor and I have had to do this over the years. People say, uh, why don't you come do this? And we've, in our ministry in our early ministry, yep, 
and we would find ourselves in the middle of something and we're like, oh my gosh, we're not supposed to be here. Because we didn't stop and say, Lord, is that something you want me to do? Is that something like that, is this where you want my time invested? Is this what you're anointing me to do? And if we don't do that, we'll go about it and then we're frustrated because we'll get in the middle of it and go, whoa, I'm not supposed to be here. We've got to lean into him for it all. All Everybody say all. I feel like I'm putting you to sleep with my talking. Everybody say all, all, all. It's important that we lean into him for all of it. The exciting stuff, the stuff that stinks, the stuff that hurts, the stuff that's uncomfortable, the stuff that makes us stick out like a sore thumb, the stuff that takes us into periods of loneliness. Do you know that God will draw you out sometimes? My alarm's going off. Time to circle the plane. He will draw us away unto himself. And it's one of the most precious places to be. In your spirit. But in your flesh, it can be one of the loneliest places to be. You can be in a crowd of people and feel just lonely. And sometimes he does that because we've begun to rely on people. The body of Christ is a beautiful thing, but we can't lean into the body and forget to lean into Jesus. There are things only he can do for us. I don't care how anointed I don't care how anointed someone is. There are things that only he can do. And he gives us the body of Christ as a blessing. Right? It's fellowship, it's strength. There's so many beautiful things that come from the body of Christ. But if we begin to serve the body and lean into the body and forget to lean in him out of his love, he will correct that process. And when we pray that prayer, God, use me. I want you to use me. I want to be effective. I want you to use me. There are times where he will take us and go, okay, then you're going to come over here. And it's going to be me and you. And you'll go to reach for, and not that the body is not there for you, not that people don't still love you, not that, but he's not going to allow you to find that satisfaction in this when he's saying, okay, over here. And I'm going to talk to you, and I'm going to mold you a little bit, and we're going to take some things out of the equation, necessary subtractions, and we're going to add some things so that when you go back, I can use you, and you can be effective. Hard place to be, 
but you will find beauty in relationship there with him that you won't find in other places. You just won't find it in the crowd. Don't be afraid to pray that prayer. God, even if you have to draw me away, I'm willing because I want what you want in me and I don't want the stuff that's in there that I can't even see. Remove it. Give me the instruction. I'll lean in for the good stuff and I'll lean in for the hard stuff. I'll lean in for the instruction. Well, it leans in sometimes. This one's the hard one, correction and instruction. We sometimes will avoid both of those. I've told you, and I've heard other people, because I've had some people come up to me and say, I do not believe that God speaks to, to people like that. I'm like, well, <laughs> are you sure you're listening? He speaks to me like that. He knows sometimes he has to just, my dad used to do that in church. If I was in the front row and I was doing something, like if, if Barbie was getting a little free in the spirit, yeah, my Barbie's danced in church. If she was like, whoa, and out of order, I'd hear. And I knew my dad snapped. And I knew my mom's. <clears throat> and he was like, come on, Barbie. Rein it in. You're out of order. <laughs> oh. That's how God knows. Like, hey, whoa. Refuse that right now. Thought process. I'm like, oh, have you ever done that? Like something will zip through your mind and you're like, oh, oh my word. Like, I'm like, no way. And like if I was talking, like in the car, I will do that, you guys. I'm sorry. It's my car. I'm by myself. I don't care if somebody's going down the road. Going, I'll have my hand. I have my eyes open, but I'll have my hand and I'll be worshiping whatever. I don't care what people think. That's my time. But in those times, God will say, hey, let's talk about today. Because, you know, when we're in it, we're fired up. He's like, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, uh, uh, snap, snap, snap. And Trisha's. <clears throat> so he'll come around and say, let's talk about that. Young lady daughter of mine, that's not going to work. Okay. Lean into you for the correction. But then sometimes it's hard to go back after the correction for the instruction. Like, okay, now this is the maintenance. Next time, you're not going to let that get to you because why are you letting it get to you? Guard your heart. The correction, and then we're like, you know, after your parents corrected you, and then they're like, and I love you. And you're like, okay. And then, okay, let's talk about that never happening again. And it's like, oh, man. It was almost out of the equation. <laughs> Lean in for the instruction, too. Because he knows how to do it well. We're doing some gift discovery in our leadership group. And I want to talk about this. It's fun and exciting. And God is doing amazing things. Um, powerful, 
like the power of God was palpable in the room when we were figuring this all out. Pastor had, a t- had us take a test, and it's spot on, like freakishly spot on, like whoa. Um, but if we're not careful... we're not careful we can take off with it pastors teaching us how the purpose of it is for discovery okay these this is this is what the lord wants to use in me these are the things he's how but our question always has to be okay how does that fit in to the kingdom and what he wants to do not well this is what i do And um, this is what I'm going to do. And guard your heart. Lean in and let it always be not about me, all about you. So how do do you want it? What are you going to do with that, Lord, through me? What's your plan? And help me to stay with it for A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and not talking to myself too guys I can get excited and just take off lean in he will help us discover things in him about ourselves and about those around us and then we need to lean in for how he wants to utilize those things how do you want to use this Lord like when God showed us the plan, we were in, he had been showing it to Tim. He put, Pastor put it up on his computer screen and showed it to me. We just like sat there and looked at it. And we were like, hmm. Because he didn't give us a whole lot past that. And I told someone one day, I said, I know why he didn't, because he knew we wouldn't rest and we wouldn't have vacation. Yeah. We would have, like, well, if he'd given us even two more steps, we would have been like, we'd have been off to the races. He loves us, you guys. He loves us so much. So when he doesn't do some things sometimes, just understand he knows better. Lean in. You got to lean in with the great stuff. You got to lean in with the hard stuff. You got to lean in with the weeping. You got to lean in with the joy. He, he builds things in us, that creation process, and we get excited. And then he comes back and starts talking to us about the growing part, the multiplying. That's work. The creation process is him doing things in us, and it can be really exciting. And then he's like, now here's what I want you to do with it. I want you to multiply. Sometimes multiplying means you step out of the way and let someone step in.
God's got some multiplying that he's going to do in the spirit of grace. And we're going to have to be willing to let him do that. But he'll be with us every step of the way. That means you may have to give up your seat one Sunday. Little things like that can flip people on their lids. Came into church, bless God. Prayed for those faces out there that God was bringing in, and I came to church, and one of them was sitting in my seat. I'm sure the Lord is like, are you kidding me? Really? How about you go sit at the altar for the rest of the service? (laughs) Family of five comes in. Yeah, we need to be ready, you guys, to do whatever God tells us to do and to lean in regularly. I hope this lesson has made some sense. But I just know there are things that I will lean in immediately to. And then other things forget to lean back in. We lean in when, in the prayer, in the, in the travailing, in the all the, you know. And then he gives birth to it and we forget to go back. Amen. I'll leave you with one last thing because the Lord just, right before service, I had printed it off and I told Tim, I said, I don't even know if I'm going to use it. But beware. God has caused us to lean. And if you're not leaning into what pastor is giving, I know I have three minutes, but I, and I'm going to get it out. If he has, like, it has just been like a directed word for months not that before it wasn't those were all other seasons but this season has just been here it is I need you to get it here it is I need you to get it here it is I need you to grab a hold of it here it is I need you to let it get in there and like grow and like take over and just like a very pointed an urgency from the heart of God Beware of other voices because the enemy will try to distract us with other. Well, this preacher over here, like, I feel really good when I listen to him. And, like, he doesn't he didn't mess with me like Pastor does. So I'm going to listen to him. Beware of that. I had a friend tell me that the Lord, and I was so excited about that word because I was like, Lord, you need to give that word to The nations, you fast every other voice but your pastors. Now that sounds coming from me because I'm one of your pastors and I'm married to the senior pastor of this church. That may sound self-serving. I'm not saying it in a self-serving way. I'm telling you, if you are listening and if you are like, oh, well, that looks fun, let's go over there. And oh, well, that looks fun, let's participate in that. And oh, well... The enemy will use anything. So he gives you a word on Sunday, and on Tuesday, you're entertaining a different word. You're creating confusion in your own mind and spirit. So beware. Now, I have had where the pastor will give a word, or somebody will give me a word, and the Lord will confirm it through another person. 
but don't be one of those people that's tossed about. Well, I didn't like that word because the pastor because the pastor gave the word, and like my shoes are ruined because he was doing a dance all over my toes. And so I'm not sure I like that word. So I'm gonna go over here and find a word that tickles my ears. I'm telling you guys, the enemy is using that in a big way. And churches are becoming places that are just There are going to be things that's got, that God's going to do in these next few years that are powerful, life-changing, shifting moves. If we're not careful, we'll miss it because we'll be distracted by all of these things and we can't afford it. So I just want to read you in Philippians, and I'm using the message. That's why I didn't give it to the girls. Paul says, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I've made it, but I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. If you're off and running and it's Jesus-led and he's like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Lean into that and go, move. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you has something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running this same course, headed for this same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with them. You have a relationship, and that relationship is trying to take you off. End it. I love you in Jesus' name, but if that keeps happening and you keep trying to take me over here when Jesus is very explicitly taking me here, I love you. I will pray for you. You're not being a bad person. You're not being ungodly when you say, but I'm going to have to leave this road so I can stay on this one. I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is Easy Street. They hate Christ's cross, but Easy Street is a dead-end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods. Belches are their praise. All they can think of is their appetites. But there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting the arrival of the Savior, the Master Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like his own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he is putting everything as it should be under and around him. Amen. Lean in, Spirit of Grace, for all of it. The hard, the great, the joyous, the sorrowful. Lean in and seek his instruction. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. And uh, there.
not only are they talented and anointed, but they're perseverant. And uh, even when the sound system is acting up between Sunday school and church, I don't know what happened. I started changing Brian's channel, trying to find he was doing it all just by head nose. He couldn't hear himself. And uh, so we're, we're thankful for people that will just keep pushing through. And uh, I know how frustrating that can be when you can't hear yourself. And uh, so I, I honor them today. But uh, I want to just do one more thing because <clears throat> while you were worshiping, I was trying to get Brian to hear. And so I'm just going to ask you, would you just one more time just worship together just to get me back into the frame of, of mind for the service? Can we do that right now? Jesus, I love you. I adore you. I exalt you. You are high and lifted up and your train fills this temple. Oh, glory to the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Thank you. We're going to pray one more time before you're seated. All of you that are heading to the South Country on Friday to Mexico, would you just come and stand around the, across the front? These folks are heading down south to do some ministry work over the border, and we want to just put a hedge of protection around them. If you would just come and gather around these six folks today, and let's just begin to pray over them that the Lord would keep them safe, <clears throat> that the Lord would use them in the mighty name of Jesus, <clears throat> by your authority and your power. Lord, by the anointing of your word, this church binds together Lord, for Jason and Randy and Taryn and Travis and Laura and Chelsea, as they travel this week, Lord, to, to minister to those that are less fortunate, to minister to those who need to hear the word of the Lord, I'm asking you to send them as light and salt. Use them for your glory. Use them for your kingdom. Allow, Lord, the, the, the glory of the ages to camp round about them and emanate from them so that people can see who you are. Lord, keep your hedge of protection around them in everything they go across the border and all the things that go into all of that. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, for sweet sailing. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, just to let everything fall right into place. We'll be careful to give you glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for your prayers. You can be seated. If you'll just remember to keep these six in your prayers beginning uh, Friday. They'll be heading to Mexico on Friday. They'll be gone for about a week. And ask the Lord to use them in a mighty way. Praise God. Praise God. There is an anointing power that God is releasing in Spirit of Grace Church. And uh, I, if, as you're turning to Ephesians chapter 3, I, I need to mention just because it's the legal thing that we have to do, on the 27th of this month, right after service, is going to be our annual business meeting. Uh, and we have three seats that are open to serve on our church board. And uh, nominations have to be turned in by next Sunday, the 13th. After that, it's closed. 
Um, you can nominate anybody except for my wife and Bernie Boyer and Cheryl Perkins. Praise God. Cheryl and Bertie are in the middle of their terms. We have three open seats uh, to, to vote on and seat. So all nominations will be, and we'll reveal those nominations uh, so that you have time to um, ask any questions or whatever. And then on the 27th, we'll have our annual business meeting. Uh, shortly, it will take a 10-minute break after service or something, and then we'll uh, have our annual business meeting. Praise God. In Ephesians chapter 3... Um, my wife mentioned a little bit about what God has been doing here, and uh, during our boot camp in the summer, he planted some stuff in us when we really didn't totally understand what he was doing, he was beginning the groundwork for what he's leading us into. And uh, we did, we called it boot camp, but it was, it was really nine messages that started with the letter S. And we shared all that, and, and you'll have to go to the website and go to our YouTube page to get all those from back then. <clears throat> but, uh, and then when we closed out the boot camp with Pastor Suber joining us, and he released us into something new, and like my wife said, a lot of times when we say that or we believe that or we sense that, we want to run 100 miles an hour to see the fulfillment of it, okay? But you have to understand that in the majority of God's creation, there is a season or a process of growth. The great redwood trees of California don't happen overnight, in fact, you cut a tree, uh, 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 cut down a tree. You can figure out how old it is by the rings that are in there. Listen, in 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 the history of this church, we've planted things and God has added rings, but He's just getting us to the next level. This is a process that takes place. And so, in September, I I started asking, okay, I said, Lord, you just said that you wanted something new. You wanted something. Uh, that you're, you're anointing and you're leading us and guiding us into. And so I began to search and research, and God gave me a picture that I shared with my wife on vacation in October. And so we're sitting out on the, the deck looking out the beautiful Gulf of Mexico, and uh, I gave it to her, and like she said tonight, we just, t- this morning, we just kind of stared at one another. I said, because I don't know how this all works, and I don't know how what this all means, and God's going to have to lead and guide us, and we're looking on a several-year journey, not just a one- or two-week or month journey. And so we just began to pray about it. I began to just write all kinds of things down and, and read all kinds of books and tried to find out what God was trying to speak into my heart. And I believe he began to give me the picture, if you will, uh, during the Christmas season, and was it already two weeks ago? A week and a half ago on Thursday night, we met with our leadership team, and we began to share some of this with them. And you could sense the anointing of God sweep into that room. It was palpable. It was powerful. And uh, coming out of that room, um, 
And between that Thursday and last Sunday, my wife said, well, when are you going to start preaching about it? I was like, I don't know. Give me a second. Because <laughs> he's doing it layer upon layer. And can I just tell you, it's really nothing new because there's nothing new under the sun. It's just a new revelation for me, and I believe it's a new revelation for this church. And I don't know of any other church that is going to promote it the way that we're going to promote it through our messages and how we operate and how we, how we function. Um, but I believe that the Lord has given me a key to become the church that he wants us to become. And so I'm going to preach a message today, and I can't tell you that one message is going to wrap everything up, <laughs> okay? It's going to be probably a couple years' worth as the Lord adds here, adds there to get this, and we're just going to grow with it as a church. And as we grow with it, God's just going to begin to add people, add ministries, add talents, add all kinds of things, uh, because I believe that we're doing this according to Scripture, and so today I'm going to give you just kind of a snapshot of what I'm talking about, and then you're just going to be stuck praying about it. And uh, over the next months, we're going to be sharing it with our leaders, and we're going to be sharing it in different ways, uh, and you're going to sense it in the way the service runs. You're going to sense it in the way that we operate and think. Praise God. I'm reading from Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3. I'm reading from the ESV, and it simply says this, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it now has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power uh, to me. Though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach the Gentile, to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring the light to everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God." who created all things. Now, I want you to notice this. He's now getting ready to reveal or bring to light the plan of the mystery that had been hidden for ages, okay, in God who created all things. Verse number uh, 10, so that through the church, everybody say that's me, through the church. You can't tell me that the church isn't important. You can't tell me that it's not important that we gather together as believers. It, you can't, you'll never convince me that just doing online stuff is okay. You'll never convince me that you can be the church unto yourself. It's through the church. The whole definition of the church is the gathering together of believers. It's important to be here as part of the church because Paul is revealing the mystery right here and he's saying through the church 
Now, I don't know what that does to you, but that puts a whole lot of responsibility on us. I feel the weight of that. God has given us the responsibility to reveal, or through the church, verse 10, the manifold wisdom of God. Think of that. Our calling, well, pastor, I don't know what my calling is. I'll tell you what your calling is if you're part of the church. It's through you that the manifold wisdom of God would be made known. Listen, if people are outside of the church, it's very rare that they will ever find the manifold wisdom of God until they experience the church. Okay, you kind of, some of you heard that. We are the written epistle. We are the ambassador of Christ. We are the advertisement of the Holy One. When people that don't know who he is is looking for something to fill their life and God is trying to reach them, he uses the church to reveal the manifold wisdom of God. It's up to you and I to be so close to him that we reflect him to those that are searching for the wisdom of Almighty God. And I haven't even finished my text. But I want you to also notice in verse 10, so that the church, or through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. You have to remember that. We'll get back to that. This was according to the eternal purpose. Everybody say eternal has no beginning, has no end. It's always been God's purpose. Everything that we just read was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord and in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Now, I'm going to share with you, and like I've said quite often lately, I'm going to do a little treaching today and uh, share with you what I believe the Lord has placed on my heart for this church. So would you just close your eyes, and, and if you're a guest here today, you're getting the picture of what we want to become. And uh, I hope that you'll embrace it with us. Jesus, I'm asking you to fill me up and pour me out upon your people today. Give me the words to say in the right way to say it. Lord Jesus, let the anointing of God flow through me. Lord, give each hearer uh, ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to embrace what you're saying to the church in this last day. I'm asking you, Lord, for a special outpouring of your spirit upon this house today so that we can receive what you have for us in the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in order to help us today, I've got a series of charts that I'm going to show you, and I'm going to, my message is just going to be the explaining of these charts that I created very quickly so they're not professional, accurate uh, renditions. They're better than hand-drawn, but they're not perfect. So if you'll put the first one up on the screen, I, I want you to notice here 
God's eternal purpose or heaven before time began. And then I want you to notice down here on the bottom the church or the earth. I believe, and then you'll see the, the, the box connecting the two. I believe if you turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then he goes on for all the creative days. Okay? His desire from before he started time was that he would have something connecting him to the earth. I don't know why he chose the earth and not Pluto. We'll ask him someday if we even think of it. But I do believe this. That on the earth, in fact, Jesus told us to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, his, one, one of his main purposes, and I'm going I'm to break it down, but, but the underlying purpose is he wanted to be connected to those on the earth. And the way he wanted to be connected was very specific in the days of creation. So bring up the next slide for me. He wanted a twofold purpose to connect himself to the earth. And I'm going to share this in Scripture. But there's an arm of the kingdom of God. We read that all through Scripture. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God describes whose kingdom it is. The kingdom of heaven des describes the expanse of what that kingdom is. But then he also wanted to have a house or a family connection. So if you go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, the God said, let us make man in our image and let him have dominion over the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and all, all the dominion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? Now, you have to understand that the word, when he said, let us make man, do you know that that word man is Adam? Adam is not simply and solely a gender. Man, in the case of Scripture, is not simply a solely a gender. It is uh, a position. It is all humanity. It is mankind. Male and female, he created them both under the umbrella of man. Okay, are, are you following along? So when I start talking today, don't think that I'm leaving you ladies out. Okay? Because the Son in Scripture has much more to do with position than it does with gender. Now, I'll get to that a little bit further as I go along here, but it'll explain to you why the Bible says that God manifests himself in flesh and declared him to be his son, the only begotten son, okay? It, it had more to do with the position that God was taking up than it had to do with the fact that he was a male Hebrew boy. Now, now I, I want you to notice this. You see, the church has missed this point right here. All of Scripture... And all of time, God was trying to connect the two things to earth, a kingdom and a house. A kingdom and a house or a family. Everything else falls under one of those. Why we are healed is to reveal the glory of God. We're to reveal the glory of the kingdom. 
the power, the authority, the dimensions of God are revealed through the kingdom, if you will, or the majesty of the kingdom. A kingdom has to have a king. And for whatever reason, God chose earth to be where he wanted to set his kingdom up. It's the reason why Jesus is called the king of kings. He oversees the kingdom. And when you step into the kingdom and you're born of the water and of the spirit and you become a new creature in Christ, you step into the kingdom of God and you fulfill the establishment of his original purpose in the world. Now, Here's what that does. It restores dominion. But then on the flip side, he wanted us also not to just be that, but Luke 3.38 tells us that Adam was called the son of God. So what he's really saying is I want two things for the people that I'm creating. I'm wanting to have the dominion of the kingdom, but I'm wanting you to also have the intimacy of the relationship with God. Next slide. Then Adam and Eve messed up. And sin entered because of their disobedience. And because of their sin, and again, I, these drawings are kind of kind of weak, but, but notice the line that I've got. There is a break that took place when Adam and Eve sinned so that the church or earth, members of humanity, could no longer belong to the kingdom and could no longer belong to the house because the sin created a chasm between the connection that God had in the cool of the day. Let me bring it to you um, in Minnesota style. What's the worst thing about Minnesota? Oh, my Lord. How many have ever heard that Minnesota has two seasons? What are the two seasons? Winter and road construction. Why do we have road construction? All right. I'll answer the question for myself. Because of the potholes. And those potholes need to be filled and fixed so that when you drive over them, you don't have to get a realignment and new tires. When Adam and Eve sinned, they created a pothole in the relationship with God. You see, the relationship that they had with God, Adam had dominion. He had the kingdom aspect of it. He named all of the animals. He named all of the trees, and he named all of the things that were around, and he was there to keep the, the, the garden, if you will. He had kingdom authority, but then he met with God in the cool of the day and had relationship and communion with him. He had both the kingdom and the house, but when he sinned, he created a pothole. So he's up here, 
and he creates this pothole before, because of our sin, and he separates us now. So when you are born naturally as a baby, this little baby down here is absolutely perfect in the eyes of God. His relationship with God right now is pre-pothole. But should the Lord tarry because of his humanity, there's going to come a time where somewhere along the line he's going to mess up and trip into the pothole. And what needs to happen is God needs to get us out of the pothole and put back on the right road. What was that? What am I talking about? What did Adam lose when he fell? I'll tell you what he lost. He lost his dominion and he lost his intimacy. And from that moment forward, God has been trying to patch up the divide that Adam and Eve did so that you and I can step out of the pothole and step back into reunion with him and have communion with him and have kingdom dominion and family intimacy. Are you following? Is it making sense so far? So how does he do that? Next slide. He became man. John 1.14, the Logos, the Word, became flesh and dwelt among us. Why did he become man? Because he was stepping into the office of the Son and the office of the heir. The heir, you, you see, kingdoms are not established by election. They are established by birth. So when Jesus was born as the Son of God, God himself was stepping into the position of the heirship of the kingdom. He was creating something that could restore and reconcile and fill in the pothole to restore dominion of the kingdom to the people that came after him. I, I hope you're chewing on this. But not only that, he came as a son to fulfill the intimacy. So because Jesus came and laid himself out, the chasm that was created by sin of Adam was restored so that you and I now have an avenue to reclaim what was originally designed for us, which was the kingdom dominion of Almighty God, to fulfill his purpose. But not only that, because he died on a cross, because he became a son and stepped into the position of mankind, he created an avenue for you and I to have intimacy with him. Oh. That, that's, that's what it means when he revealed it in Christ Jesus or realized it or fulfilled it. He came so that he could restore his purpose on earth. Now, I'm going to say something, and, and I, 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 I'm just taking a chance. Because I don't want to mess you up and send you down a 
spiraling. And I don't have time to prove it all today. But you can talk to me later. Can I tell you that you and I, if we are to spend eternity with Jesus, is going to spend eternity with him on the earth? Here's what I mean by that. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But he also says, and I saw a new earth and a new heaven. And coming out of heaven to earth... I don't know what that earth is going to look like. It may not be exactly like what we have on earth today, but there's going to be a new earth. And and John said, I saw coming down from out of heaven the new Jerusalem, and it settled on the earth, and the nations came in and out and did business. And in that city there was no need for, for the sun and the moon and the stars because Jesus is the light. Where we spend eternity with him is the new Jerusalem. It's the place that he is preparing. And the Bible says it came out of heaven. That's going to be the ultimate fulfillment of God's purpose, is to set up his kingdom here. So if that's the ultimate purpose, if God really wanted to, and if Adam and Eve would have really cooperated We would have never had all the in-between stuff. He would have set up his kingdom. He would have had his intimacy for eternity. But Adam and Eve messed it up. And so God went into restoration mode. Not to restore people, but to restore his kingdom and to restore his family, which ultimately becomes about the people. So, what does that have to do with us? Next slide. You see, Jesus, when he was born in this world, was born in this world so that you and I could become a part of his body. Many members, one body. Jesus is the head of the body. The body of Christ on earth, known as the church. Can I tell you, when God became flesh and bridged that gap, he did so that now, through the cross, through Jesus, you and I have an opportunity to be restored to both the kingdom and the house. I don't know what that does for you, but it lets me know that no matter how bad our situation is, I am a part of the kingdom of God. I have been restored to my place of dominion, not because of something that I could do, but because God became flesh dwelt among us and died on a cross and because of Jesus I can stand in the power of his glory. But not only that, I can boldly go into the throne room of grace because not only did he uh, uh, reconcile or restore my kingdom dominion, he also restored my intimacy dominion. See, this is what's, the church for so long has become so preoccupied with aspects of the kingdom. 
and aspects of the family that they forget that the ultimate purpose is to restore the family and to restore the kingdom. Can I just tell you that when you are under the anointing of Almighty God, you are possessing, you are uh, expressing a kingdom dominion. But when you have an intimacy with God, you are expressing the family of God. Now, 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 let me just tell you how powerful this is. There are two kings that we read of in the Old Testament that were the anointed of God. The first one was Saul. And when he was anointed, he became God's anointed. And he possessed kingdom qualities. And he reigned over Israel. And he was a king that stood above other kings. But then there came another boy named David. And Samuel comes to the house of Jesse and lets his brothers all line up. And none of them are worthy to be anointed for the kingdom. Is that the only kids you got? Well, I got some little boy out in the, out in the, out in the pasture. Bring him in. And when the boy walks through the door, Samuel said, he's the one. And he anoints him with oil from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. And he becomes the anointed king of Israel. But he wasn't king right away. And he wasn't king right away because there was another anointed and I want you to notice something. What does Saul do? Saul embraces the anointed one. Brings David in to play his harp. Gives David a seat at the table. Let's David experience some of the family structure. Allows his son to become best friends with David, the anointed king to be. And here's where the disconnect comes. Saul, in his anointed state of the kingdom, attempted to create his intimacy with the next anointed one in the kingdom when God's design for man was not to be intimate with other kings, but to be intimate with him. And because Saul refused to get intimate with him, he lost out on the family structure of the purpose of God and had to be removed from the kingdom of God. But David. <laughs> that's, why, that's why David, when he had the opportunity to kill Saul, said, I, I'm not going to touch God's anointed. He was anointed. He had kingdom authority, but he refused to draw his intimacy with God. And he drew his intimacy with the other anointed king and with a witch of Endor. Somebody hear me today. Please hear me today. Just because you're anointed doesn't mean you're restored. 
There's a lot of voices out there that are anointed, but they're not restored. They even walk in kingdom principles. What are kingdom principles? Healing ministry. I I know this is a little thick. This is what God's been talking to me about. Deliverance ministries. Those are kingdom. Kingdom anointing. You see, people can get up and preach under the anointing mantle of the kingdom and not have the mantle of intimacy so they're not whole in their presentation. And what ends up happening is the people that hear are attracted to the one that's anointed instead of the one that has anointed And so what ends up happening is we begin to listen to these voices and we succumb to their ministries. But when God begins to deal with us about that ministry, we don't want to mess with the anointing. And so we just swallow ourselves up in it and we're missing the other half of the purpose of God's restoration. And we struggle and we fight. And so what ends up happening is we run from one miracle to the next, from one healing to the next. And when you go to a church that doesn't have the healings and the deliverances happening every service, we think that they're missing something. Could it be that those services where the operation and the anointing of the kingdom isn't happening is one of those services where God is saying, step out of the kingdom and come into the family? Come around the supper table. Dine with me. Commune with me. Don't worry about the miraculous. Don't worry about the the, the deliverance. Don't worry about all of the kingdom stuff right now. I just want to be with you. I've said this a lot. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's not people. If he knows everything and he knows where we're at and he knows the number of hairs or lack thereof on your head, if he knows what the sparrow's going to do in the morning, if he knows all of that, he knows where the most vile sinner is. They are not lost. What has been lost is the kingdom and the family. And Jesus came to seek and to save that. I want you in my kingdom, but I also want you in my family. It's the reason... Why an adulterer, murderer, liar becomes a man after God's own heart. Because the kingdom is restored in David by the anointing power and divine touch of God. But then beyond the kingdom, he anoints 
David, through his intimacy, through all of the psalms that David writes, the communion, the encouraging of himself in the Lord, he restores the family concept. Something begins to happen. I, I, I believe this. What God has been doing is trying to establish in us our anointing for the kingdom and our intimacy for the family. What the last eight months has been all about was God saying, come on, Spirit of Grace. I've got something for you to do in my kingdom. I've got miracle signs and wonders to perform among you and through you. I've got deliverance that's going to happen. I've got hope that's going to be refilled. I've got purpose. I've got plans. I've got all of these things that are kingdom divinely appointed to be reestablished. But I've also got something where I want to embrace you and draw you closer than I've ever had you before. I want to be more intimate with you than I ever have before. I want you to know my heart more than you ever have before because if I can get you restored in the kingdom and I can get you restored in the family, my purpose on earth is going to be fulfilled. I, I, I pray that you're getting this. I pray that it, some of it's absorbing. Notice, though, this. Who are you and I talking about? The Lord revealed this this week in this scripture. Verse number 10. So that through the church... Through you and through me and through us together, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Can I just tell you, he has designed us to speak to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. He has placed in us the ministry of reconciliation and restoration. Oh, somebody hear me today. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. It's not about us, and it's not about the sinner. It's about the reestablishment of the dominion and the authority and intimacy of the kingdom of God in the earth. Oh, you've got to get this. Go back one, one, one deal before we get to the restored part. Go back one, one slide for me. Notice... Who is in charge of the in-between? The prince and the power of the air. <clears throat> but notice something. 
God described him as a prince, not a king. No, 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 no. You're not getting it. Your enemy, your demon, your devil, your boogeyman, whatever you want to call him, is only a prince. But you have been restored to the house of the king. And the last I heard, a prince has no power over the king. Oh, my God. I'm so tired of the devil getting his props for things that he has nothing to do with. He's only a prince. He's only a prince. He's only a prince. I'm a king's kid. And I have been anointed by the kingdom and brought into intimacy with the family. He has no power. Well, pastor, what about this and this and this and this? Is it a spirit? Is it this? Is it this? Can can I just tell you? We give the demonic spirits so many more, so much more credit. You got to understand something today. I understand that the enemy's at work. I am underst- I understand that there are demons and, and evil spirits in the world. I've seen them cast out. But can I just tell you something? We label this spirit stuff. Can I tell you what got the church in trouble in the first place? Is the concept of exorcism. Now, now, now don't, don't lose track with me yet. When Jesus dealt with anybody that was possessed of the devil, do you want to know what he would say? Shut up. And with the man of Gadara, who had thousands of spirits possessing him. No, no, no. You've got to understand, you've got to get the picture of this. One preacher called him the original streaker. The man from Gadara. Didn't wear any clothes, ran around in the cemetery. Had all kinds of devils. The Bible says when, when Jesus asked who he was, they said, I'm legion, and for we are many. The word legion has been tossed about, but anywhere from 2,000 to 12,000 demons. This man, when he saw Jesus in his flesh, overcame 2,000 demons to run to the feet of Jesus and fall before Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the king of kings and the demons only answer to a prince. And because you and I were designed to be kings and queens in the kingdom of God, joint heirs with Jesus, 
Our flesh has more power than the enemy. So these, this man with these demons, this story has stood out to me for years because of some of, there was a preacher that I had from a long time ago. He, I love his preaching, and he would come up with these little sayings, and, and I'm going to share another one here in just a minute. But these demons would come <coughs> and, and say, Jesus! And they would, and Jesus would just not respond. Well, what do you want? Just don't send us into the deep. Okay. Just talking to him. Didn't work out. <laughs> Looked at the demon and said, okay, there's a herd of pigs over there. Go on. And the demons leave and went and dwelt in pigs. And as soon, the Bible says, as soon as the, the pigs were possessed by the demons, <laughs> the pigs ran off the cliff and jumped into the deep. Let's you know, the preacher said, and this is what I, I've always remembered this, let's you know that even pigs won't put up with some of the spirits humans do. do you, I need you to understand this. The only time, the only time that I read in Scripture when Jesus cries out with a loud voice in one of his miracles is when he calls out to Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. He didn't walk up to the blind man and say, blind man, be healed. No, he went and he goes, got some mud in his fingers, spit on it a little bit. Be healed. Oh, it's not totally done yet? Okay, go, go wash. And when you wash, it'll be all done. Told the man with the other hand, just stretch forth your hand. What am I trying to say? We've gotten such into such an activity of speaking to spirits when there are not any spirits that we should be speaking to. We should be having the dominion over them. Listen, I have seen demonic possessed people. And the people that have prayed over them had, didn't get all into a ruckus, didn't you know, shout and scream and holler. They just simply started talking to that spirit because I have dominion over the spirits of the, of the enemy because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So when I confront a spirit, I don't have to yell and shout. Shut up. Go away. Be silenced. But see, we've attached spirits to everything. But in Galatians 5, I want you to notice this because this is coming back to this. I haven't left this yet, I, and I'm just about done. But Galatians chapter 5, verse number 19. Now the works of the flesh. You're not fighting demons. You're fighting yourself. For the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. It's not a spirit of the enemy. It's your flesh. Impurity. Your impure thoughts have nothing to do with the devil. It has everything to do with the heart that's exceedingly wicked above all things and no man can know it. It's the reason why God wants to transform your mind because the mind is the expression of the heart. Sensuality, idolatry, 
Look at this. Sorcery has to do with you and has to do with me. Not some evil enemy. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. How many have ever gotten so mad that you just thought the devil was playing with you? No, no, no. It ain't the devil. It's you and me. I know I'm messing some of you up. Rivalries, dissensions. Let me just tell you something. Divisions. It's the reason the church is not attacked by the spirit of the enemy because Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So if there is dissension and division among the church, it's because our flesh has allowed it. <laughs> Some of your faces is funny. Envy. Drunkenness. I'm sorry, but alcoholism is not an evil spirit that needs to be cast out. It's a work of the flesh that needs to be destroyed. Drug addiction is not an evil spirit. It is a work of the flesh that needs to be destroyed. Now, don't get me wrong. Every single one of these, the enemy knows how to use as a tool and as an instrument to mess with your flesh. It's the reason, however, that James said, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he shall flee from you. Well, pastor, I just need to have deliverance. Well, you probably do, but it's not deliverance from a spirit. It's probably deliverance from your own flesh. Orgies and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us now become conceited. What, what, what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Jesus has given to the church, has given to the believers the opportunity to crucify the works of the flesh. Uh, you'll get the depth of this this afternoon. You've got to understand that what God did through his flesh, his role as the son, 
was to infuse an anointing of the kingdom and an intimacy of the family so that you could do what Paul said in Galatians chapter 2. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, all those works of the flesh that I read, what God did for us as believers, he crucified them. And he put his spirit in us. And now my flesh is living by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What I do now, I don't do on my own. I will tell you my human flesh still wants to do all that other stuff, but it's hanging on a tree. And all I can operate now is by the faith. And it's not my faith. I should have had these scriptures up there, but they're all coming to me as I'm preaching. Galatians 2, 2, 20 and 21. It's not my faith. I live by the faith of the Son. I live by the faith of the Son of God. So this arrow up from the church, and I'm coming to a close. Through the, mani- for the, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and the principalities and the authorities in heavenly places. Well, what does that do? What is the church responsible for? What are we responding? Put that last thing back up. I, I, I put the word restored there. But notice where restored is. It's eliminated the prince. The kingdom that God originated before time began. The family that God originated before time began is restored in the church so that the church and God surround the enemy and he is a defeated foe. And now there is nothing in between us and God but his own being. Ah. <laughs> uh. So when you're tired, you can look for him for strength. When you're, when you're sore and your spirit is damaged, you don't have to fight through all the junk of your flesh because it's hanging on a tree. You just need to release what Jesus has done in you. Church, this has to color everything we do. This, this, this concept has got to over and be an umbrella. To, why do we have women's ministry? To restore the kingdom and the family. Why do we have men's ministry? 
to restore the kingdom in the family? Why do we do Sunday school to restore the kingdom in the family? Why do we do church to restore the kingdom and the family? Why did God give it to us? I have no idea, but he did. I don't know why God gave us the ministry of reconciliation, but because we are his, it comes onto our shoulders that we need to now attack not people, not flesh, but we need to go on the advancement against the kingdom of this world, the prince and the power of the air. He has not been totally overcome. He has not been cast into the fire pits of hell yet, but there's coming a day that that's going to happen. But there is an advance of the church, the body of Christ here on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I tell you a secret? Stop praying for your children to come back to God and start praying God's kingdom advance into their life. Let me just tell you, I said I was going to close, but something has come over me. There has been a shifting in the spirit right now. Listen, we have been on the defensive for so long. We have tried to rationalize and justify our actions for so long. We have prayed over prodigals for so long. Let me just tell you, it's time to go on the advance. It's time to pray the kingdom into existence. It's time to release what God has already done for us to release it back into the spirit, into the heavenlies. Satan, you have no business using the tools of our flesh against us because our flesh has been crucified with Jesus. If you want to mess with me, you're not just messing with me, my friend. You're messing with the church. The church is the embodiment of the body of Christ. So if you're messing with me, you're messing with the church. And if you're messing with the church, you're messing with him. Do you really want that fight? Listen, I know that there are all kinds of voices in the world. And I'm, I'm talking not just negative voices. There's a lot of positive voices. There's a lot. I think one of the worst things that has happened to the church is the Internet. Because I think people have found preachers to listen to that are good. Hey, I listen to, there's, I, I listen to messages. I listen to preachers. But it's always through the filter of what's he saying to us. Because here's what you have to understand. That every local assembly has a culture for a culture. My wife mentioned this, and I'm just going to follow up. If you're wanting to get the full benefit of Spirit of Grace Church, you need to zero in on what we're teaching and preaching. Not that any of those others are wrong, but God didn't call them to do what I do. And God didn't call me to do what they do. And, And so what ends up happening 
is we get end up getting mixed ideas and thoughts. I'm just telling you, this is what God spoke to my wife and I when we came. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry about the time. I'm, I'm just about. When we came to church, this church to pastor, he said, you've got to do this the way I want you to do it or it's not going to work. I, 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 I'll just be honest with you. I had a conversation with him. I said, well, well then why did I save all my previous messages? Because it would be so easy to go to the file. Oh, let me pull this one out. That one did a good job back in the day. I'll tell you why. Not because I'm a better preacher than I was. I Hopefully I am. But it's because I'm in a different culture and a different calling and a different ministry. And I can't match what I was I can only continue to become what he wants me to be. And if you're a part of this church, he's bringing us to something. It's not going to look like any other church because every other church has a different culture. You'll never hear me down or speak down upon a church. If that pastor is seeking God, God may have that church and that pastor for that reason and for that culture. But I can't fall into comparing my culture to his culture. All I can do is what does thus say the word of the Lord to the spirit of Grace Church. And here's what he is speaking to us. I am restoring the kingdom and the family. And if you will be willing to jump on board, you will sense a fresh anointing and a fresh intimacy. You will become powerful in mighty ways and you will become quiet in the spirit. You will do mighty exploits for God and yet there will be those times where it's just still and silent and all you're doing is absorbing my love. In Jesus' name, I invite you to stand.